Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by the SATC Solutions Center. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. We hope that you've been enjoying our season six episodes as we continue on. You can make sure to visit www.bridgingchicago.com to check out any episodes you may have missed to this point. Today, I am really excited to be joined by Miriam Del Angel, a Chicago-based HR professional. And I'm really excited because I feel like I have a million questions for you, but we'll try and keep it as succinct as possible. So Miriam, thank you first of all so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we actually have had an uh, opportunity to talk to a lot of um, Latinas uh, in business professionals uh, who are I'm, I'll say in my opinion, but I don't even think it's my opinion, but they're really shaping the future of what business in Chicago is going to look like in the future. Um, I just kind of want to get a sense from you. If you feel that same sort of wave of um, professionals who may not have had opportunities in the past, who are really taking advantage of opportunities that have become available, who other people have sort of paved that way for. Yes, I definitely see that now. I think there's more of an awareness. Yeah. Right. I know for me growing up, I didn't have anybody who was like an accountant, a lawyer or, you know, and now I feel like there's more visibility of individuals in the corporate world or professional world that um, more young women um, have that visibility so that, you know, because I'm a true believer, if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think there's more awareness now. And we've talked to people in all kinds of industries. We've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people in the nonprofit world, and they've sort of echoed that same thing of that when you look on TV or you look in uh, in the political landscape or in any landscape, really, and you don't see people that look like you, that think like you, that talk like you, it can be really difficult to imagine yourself in that place. But I've always felt like Chicago is a place that really cultivates that, encourages that, and and really seeks after that. Um, Can you share with us your Chicago story and then how you feel about Chicago playing into that role as well? Sure. So I'm born and raised in Chicago in La Villita, Little Village. And it's so interesting. A lot of the Latino leaders now that I see, they grew up in my neighborhood, Mm. right? Even neighbors and things like that people who are just pushing the envelope in the sense of really putting Latinos out there and showing them that we can make a difference in any field, in any industry. Yeah. And you're right. Chicago does have that. And I always say, if you're a a professional Latina or Latino in Chicago, you might know each other. Yeah. Right. Because even though it's a big city, we tend to um, be in the same circles for the same causes that we all have. We've seen that where we have a lot of professionals who have written books, um, as you have, and we'll make sure to get to that. But um, a lot of these, uh, mostly ladies that we've been talking to are connected, uh, whether or not they've worked on a project together. They're like, oh, yeah, I know her. She also knows this person. Oh, she's amazing. And she does this or that. You know, the, uh, you know, she's a pilot and a business professional or, or, you know, whatever. And it's like these, these connecting points, I think are really cool to see, but it also is really amazing because 
you get you get the sense that as specifically in in this situation, Latina women kind of are raised up. They're also raising others up with them. It, it's not an individual. Um, I don't want to say project, but it's not one person who's who's getting there and then kind of kicking the ladder down. It's like they're they're helping others up along with them. Right, right. And I think the word that I would use is passion, right? We are yeah. all passionate about yeah. helping each other. And it's funny because in my book, Latinas in Corporate, the last sentence in the book is be that Latina that helps other Latinas. Mm. Because I think it's so important. Um, we do have kind of that perception of not helping each other or not trusting each yeah. other this in the Latino, you know, community. Yeah. And I think it's something that has been changing throughout the years and going back to like, you know, knowing people half the time, I'll say, oh, I went to elementary school with that person. Yeah. I went to high school with that person. So yeah. if you're from like the neighborhood, you just kind of know each other. Yeah. I, I want to talk for a minute about, um, you mentioned be the Latina that helps other Latinas. Uh, and I feel like a lot of times in corporate America, we look past race for one reason or another, whether that be because we quote unquote, don't see color or because um, we don't, whatever reason there may be for looking. But, but what we've seen and heard from people recently, or what I've gleaned from what we've seen and heard from people is that race is okay to your ethnicity. It, it's a good thing to connect with that, to celebrate that, to bring that in with who you are. Um, can you just speak on that a little bit for people who really don't know how to bring in their whole self, including their their culture with them to work and, and to really make that a part of who they are so that that informs what they do. Right, right. And it's very interesting now in the, in the corporate setting, a lot of organizations around diversity, right? Diversity yeah. has been yeah. one of those things that, you know, goes up and down firms, they either put money towards it or they don't. And a lot of their marketing campaigns around diversity is bring your whole self to work, mm. right? But how do we do that? Yeah. Right? How do we come to work and being proud of myself being half Mexican, half Colombian, and just being this person who, who's proud of who I am, right? Yeah. And I think it starts with confidence, right? It's, it's, there's such this corporate culture that you kind of have to assimilate and blend in, even to the way you dress. Right. Yeah, or the yeah. way you wear your, your hair. And I think that is changing. And the important thing is to know your environment. Are you in an organization that does, you know, walk the talk and say that we have you could throw programming all day. But if there's nothing that comes from it, if your employee doesn't feel comfortable coming to work saying, hey, I'm part of the, the Latino organization and this is what yeah. we do. It is so important because we, we bring a different perspective. Yeah. And every race, you bring a different perspective, you, you have a different upbringing and businesses are realizing that that is helping the bottom line, right? Bringing those perspectives, clients, clients want to see diversity, but are the companies really, really putting that, that you and I can come to work and feel comfortable in that? So again, I think it starts with confidence and also understanding your organization and speaking up. Yeah. We have to advocate for yourselves. And as I always say, it's like, calladita te ves más bonita doesn't work. You need to speak up and say something and work with your HR um, contacts. 
I always say I'm in HR, obviously I've been in HR for over 20 years. And I always say, please let me help you be that advocate. Yeah. Being Latino or not, right? That's what my role is. Yeah. And know who they are because a lot of people don't know who the HR rep is in their organizations. And, and I want to rest there for a second because um, I feel like HR reps probably do get a little bit of a bad um, oh, rep totally. because you also have to be the bad people sometimes, right? right. Um, and I think that overshadows uh, the, the need or the, the, you know, why it's necessary for you to, to do your job to represent people, to, to stand with people and not just have to be the one that's in the room when they're fired. Um, right. Which we, is, we I think, what a lot of people that. think of. Right. We do have that, that we're the police, right, yeah. of the organization. And, but I always put it back on the employee and say, how can I help you? If I don't know what's going on, usually I'll get involved when it's not a great situation. Yeah. But if I knew there have been issues or things have been going on, I could have helped you or mm. given you the resources and tools or advocated for you if, if needed. But when, when you come to me, it's usually a little late. So that is, we have to put it on the employee as well, right? You own yeah. your own career Yeah. and no one can say that. And we're trying to change that perception in HR, especially I'm also a co-author of Latinas Rising Up in HR Volume 1, where um, we try to like, evade, like we are here to help you. That's our role. But yet, at the end of the day, we do have to follow policies, yeah. right? And right. processes. Right. But if we're involved from the beginning, there might be a better resolution. So people shouldn't be afraid to go and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. You know, I, I, I want to get your perspective on this without feeling like if the answer is actually, no, you're not doing that right. Can you do it this way instead? That's not going to like ding them or they're not going to get a demerit for for going to you and, and kind of preemptively asking those questions. Right. There's no I have no spreadsheet that says so and so came to me. You know, I give them it. No, it's more of like, how can I help you? Yeah. Here's resources and tools. Yeah. Even if you, you know, especially now with the pandemic, right? Post-pandemic, there's a lot of mental health yeah. that yeah. people need to talk to. I'm not a therapist, but I can provide you resources and tools that my organization has for employees. And some people don't even know that, right? Yeah. So it doesn't hurt to ask. And I, and it's, everything's confidential. I'm not going to go to your manager and say, hey, so-and-so um, is going through this, right? But it's more of like any help with career. I will invite involved your manager saying, hey, this individual is looking for promotion. Let's talk it through. Yeah. But it, and, and I understand, right? We're always the one like, oh, no, HR is coming. Um, what's happening, right? Yeah. yeah in some cases, yeah, we, <laughs> there's a business need and business decision and we have to follow through. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we're also there for the employees. So it is possible to to cultivate, to take care of, to grow in your career, in your field, at the job that you're at without making people feel like you're going to go off and take that and do that somewhere else. Right. But I mean, we can't control that, right? Yeah. You learn, you grow. Um, I don't think we're at the age where at least my parents, right, of loyalty, right? You're in a yeah. company 20, yeah. 30 years. Right. Now it's, you got you have to take care of yourself, right? Companies will will make those business decisions and yeah. you're unfortunately a number sometimes. So I always advocate, I coach, you know, people say, Hey, you got to do what's best for you and your family. And it might not be here and that's okay. Yeah. But learn from wherever organization you're at, help you grow 
continue that career development. And then if you need to move on, you move on. And yeah. that's totally normal. I, I often say, you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? Like, if, if you're seeing results, trust the results for what they are. Uh, sometimes you can do that. You can look and you can say, okay, you know, I went to this person and this is what they said. Are they following through with that or not? If they are, great. If they're not, then it's like, you know, trust it for what it is. And you ha you are going to have to make whatever decision is best for you with those results. But I think sometimes we, we want to say like, oh, well, there's, you know, these things that we, it's like, well, the results stand for what they are. And so how do you, how do you see that when, when people are looking at it and saying like, I'm working, I'm trying, and the results are this, but I'm not really getting what I thought I, what I thought I would get or what I thought I wanted out of it. Right. Where, where do we go from here sort of thing? Right. I think you have to kind of do self-reflection as well. Yeah. You know, look at what do you want? Okay. The outcome is not what you wanted. Do you have a mentor or a sponsor? Have you talked about it with someone mm. else? Right. Here's here different perspectives, right? Yeah. I can tell you, say this worked for me. It might not work for you. Yeah. Right. But you can hear someone else and they can give you their advice and it works for you. Right. So you have to be open-minded yeah. to hear different perspectives. And at the end of the day, you also have to accept maybe this is not where I'm supposed to be. Maybe yeah. this is not where the company I'm supposed to be at or the role I'm in. And I need to do some soul searching and really decide what makes me happy. And it's hard, right? We got bills to pay. Um, but sometimes you have to think through and sacrifice. And really, if you're really passionate about something, you need to work towards that. Yeah. And, and also be willing to stand by that decision, whatever it may be. Right. Or as exactly. hard as it may be. Right. And I always tell people, especially I have mentees, I would say, it's not the end of all be all, yeah. right? Yeah. This is at the moment. It's not forever. So you can always reevaluate in a couple months on how things are going and then move towards another direction if possible. Yeah. Um, and as you're moving... And I think that's one of the, you know, when you make the decision that you realize, okay, something has to change, something has to move, something. Do you have a role in sort of helping people say, okay, we're going to close this chapter and move on to the next one, which I think can be really hard for people. Let's just, you know, it is what it is. It's like whenever one chapter closes, even when it's good, even when it's like, okay, you know, I've just maxed out here and I, and I'm looking for something that challenges me more. I mean, I, I think that's one of the, the more difficult things when it comes to mental health is understanding that we grieve good things too. Right. Change is hard. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Change is very hard for people. Mm. People get used to the routines. People get are afraid, right? I always say, don't let fear dictate your future. Yeah. Right, It's always afraid, like you don't know the unknown, right? You're comfortable in your role. You're doing an amazing job, but you want more. But I'm yeah. afraid to see what if it doesn't go well. well. You'll never know unless you try it, right? Right. And I know in my role as an HR person, when I when people, I do exit interviews, right? When they leave, I'm always congratulating them and saying, I know it's scary, but hey, you never know. You can maybe come back one day if that's what you have to do, right? Yeah. Or it's there's a possibility, but at least you'll know what's out there. Yeah. And then again, going back to 
you reevaluate and you navigate towards a different, Mm. you know, journey. Yeah. I I want to talk about your book because I think it's really exciting. And is this the first book that you've written? This is the first book that I've written alone. Okay. As I mentioned before, I was a co-author for another book, uh, Latinas Rising Up in HR, Volume 1, with Priscilla Guasa, who's the original author. So this book, Latinas Incorporate, Overcoming Cultural Obstacles While Juggling a Career and a Family, is my first book. It's this is my your baby. Project. It's my baby. <laughs> um, I decided to write this book because I am in HR. I see the good, the bad, the ugly. Hmm. And I see the data. Right. And I've been in various organizations throughout the 20 years of my HR career. And I keep hearing the same things. And when I talk to other women, I'll say, oh, really? So, you know, I know someone is going through that and they're in shock. Like they think they're the only ones that are experiencing whatever, whether being in in the job or also at home. Right. We all have different things. And the biggest themes that I've seen was guilt. You feel mm-hmm. guilt of not being the best employee or the best wife or the best mom and so on. Yeah. But how do we navigate that? Yeah. How do we change that perception of ourselves, right? To having that confidence and how do we do it? So the book really talks about data where women, Latinos and Latinas are within the corporate world. And then I created three fictional characters. I decided to have fun with it. I yeah. said, why not? What is the day? And, you know, like for a Colombian in Miami, a Mexican in in Chicago and a Puerto Rican in New York. Mm. And they're in different stages within their careers and what they go through, not only at work, but also at home. And I also interviewed a few Latinas anonymously. I did not want them to get in trouble if they're still working at the organization (laughs) they're in. And then at the end, I was like, well, how can I help my fellow Latinas? So I also included resources and tools Mm. around mental health, about confidence, about networking, education, you know, something that will hopefully spark something. Yeah. And if that's what they want to do. Right. Because your success to me might be different. Right. 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 So as long as you're happy where you're at, then that should be good. Right. But there are some people that want to make it to CEO, want to make it to whatever. And some women who just want to be stay at home moms. And that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel comfortable in your own skin? So the reason for the book is for Latinas to feel that they're heard and that they're not alone. And if someone is listening to that and thinking, like, I need to hear that, too, but I'm not a Latina. I, I assume anyone can really Anybody. read this and get some nugget out of it. Right. And you'll see in the book, too, we have a lot of allies. Mm. I know a lot of allies have helped me in my career. Right. Yeah. And of course, we, you know, it's it's, you know, open to everyone. The book can relate to I actually had a review from one woman who said this is not just for Latinas. This is for women in general. Right. So it's definitely a little bit and also for corporate America to kind of understand what we go through and not to feel sorry for us, but just to understand some things that we have to go through and juggle also with work. I feel like a lot of leaders say, I wish I could just get into the minds of the people that work for me and really understand, you know, what makes them tick, what makes, you know, what's, what the challenges are. And I, I think these kind of books, it's like, just read this book and you'll at least get some more ideas as to what the boots on the ground are experiencing every day. Right. And what we value. Yeah. Right. I think that's so important because 
I know Latinos, we value family a lot, right? Yeah. And as a Latina, like, how do I juggle having elderly parents who have to be here and care for them? Not me personally, but that's one of the stories. But then I have this opportunity to, you know, travel for my job and grow my career, but I can't because who's going to take care of my parents, yeah. right? So it's that that balance that some people just might not understand. You you tend to hear like, well, just hire a nanny or just put them in a home. Yeah. Like, we don't put <laughs> right yeah, yeah, but, yeah absolutely you know that those are the things that we face and some people just don't understand or are not aware of it yeah as well yeah absolutely and, and that's what i love about the these books that we've gotten to feature this year on the podcast is they really are for everyone and and they're so thought out and i and i love the creativity that you put behind it because i think that just adds another element that's really really neat you have to have fun for for the ladies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> can you tell us where people can, can they buy the book today? Can you tell us where people can get it? Yes. So the book is available on Amazon.com, also online at Walmart and Barnes and Nobles. Awesome. And you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Miriam Del Angel or Miriam Del Angel. I respond to both. And also on Instagram, uh, Miriam HR Latina and um, Facebook, Miriam Del Angel. So. Yeah. Well, we will definitely be purchasing the book. Um, I, I'm really excited. You've made me really excited to go out and Good. read it. And, so. um, yeah, and I just think it's something that I'm so glad these are out there now because they've been so necessary. And so I'm glad these resources are getting into hands of people and hopefully they can get into the hands of even more people. So once again, just tell us where people can, if they want to find you specifically if they have questions for you. Right, just LinkedIn, Miriam Del Angel or Miriam HR Latina on Instagram. And also, I just want to say, you know, we do these things, right? Because what is the legacy we're leaving? I have three teenagers. Yeah. And to see them see me do things, again, if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. I think it's so important that we're all doing this for the next generation. Absolutely. And we are really, honestly, very happy that you're doing it. And, and we're just happy to provide what platform we have to help you share that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We also want to, of course, thank our listeners. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. You can listen to Miriam on all our platforms, including YouTube. And be sure to go to www.bridgingchicago.com to listen to all of our past episodes, including season six and prior. And of course, subscribe so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Again, thank you for joining us for this episode, episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solution Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.